dark side. Light this bitch up. Everybody, my name is James D. Fiore, and this is Casual Friday. It is a long week for me. This is the end of my trip to Ottawa. Um, I gotta tell you something, Ottawa. Every fucking street, with the exception of the Byward Market, wherever that place is called, every single street looks exactly like Bay Street between Wellesley and Dundas. It is the most boring fucking city I've ever seen in my life. Like, the parliament buildings are dope because it's, like, classic and shit. And then, like, you know, the market, which is basically right there. It's it's pretty good, I guess. And then everything else is just, like, office buildings that are about 6 to 12 stories high. Gray. Windows. Sometimes you can see in. Sometimes you can't. Printing shops in the bottom. Coffee shop. It is like Kinko's. It's it's just Bay Street. If you, if anyone lives in Toronto and you know what Bay Street looks like between like Wellesley and Dundas, that's all Ottawa is. So you don't even have to go there. You're welcome. Um, and I I only interviewed one person this week, and her name was Christine Anderson. She is the uh, European Member of Parliament from Germany that everybody loves because um, they don't think she's a Nazi. I don't think she's really a Nazi either, but uh, I also don't agree with basically 90% of what she says, but she's delightful. And I I have a thing for older women with short hair, so what can I do? Um, And then next week, I'm interviewing Max Bernier. So please, I literally have a grand total of 78 hate mails, hate emails that I've gotten since I started this podcast. And almost all of them have to do with uh, Max Bernier, Christine Anderson, and I'm going to get rid of this. Christine Anderson, Max Bernier, and uh, oh, who's the other one? The one that uh, that had the protest uh, in Toronto outside the library. And she was banned from Twitter. I forget her name. It doesn't matter. But um, I had people not come on the show for that one. And anyways, I'm going to wallpaper my bathroom with it. That's all I wanted to say. I'm going to enlarge it. I'm going to like wallpaper my bathroom with hate mail so that when people sit down, if they didn't need to take a shit before they sat down, they will once they read the people who are stupid, who call me a person who platforms people, which is not even a word. It really isn't, guys. Um, It's just interviews. (laughs) That's all that's happening. And Max Bernier is going to be a fun... This will be the funnest Maxime Bernier interview yet because all I'm going to do... The entire time, and we know how much fun this is, is talk about everyone's favorite subject, abortion. Because Max Bernier has decided that, uh, and I actually think it's probably not a stupid move strategically. I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm not saying I don't either, because uh, what he wants to do, and people don't know this, Canada, when it comes to abortion, and this show's not going to be about abortion, don't worry. But Canada, when it comes to abortion, we actually don't have any laws. We're like the like the reason why um, uh, you know abortion is accessible is not because it's a charter right because it isn't it's not a human right in this country it totally isn't there is literally no law on the books the same thing happened with weed one time when uh, weed was in this weird gray area for a while where it wasn't where it was like it wasn't just it just wasn't on the books there was like a possession charge of under a quarter or something that just wasn't on the books so it wasn't legal. 
but because they they kind of took it off and turned a blind eye, I'm really sorry. I should have researched this, but I'm just thinking of it now. I'll do it uh, when someone else is talking during the show. And it was in a gray area. So when if you got caught with weed, the most they could do, they couldn't even ticket you. They could just like take it away from you. And there was like a three month thing where legislation just expired and then or or was I don't know. Uh, like a judge overruled it or whatever the law term is. I really miss Karima in moments like this. But then, um, you know, three months later, legislation came back. So then it came back. But abortion in Canada doesn't really have a law. It doesn't have a law at all. So Max and, and so other countries and these are Western countries, all of them allies. We're the only one that doesn't have some sort of guidance. I don't want to use the word regulation because then I'll get hate mail, but some sort of guidance regarding late term abortion. And I can already hear people being like, well, that hardly ever happens. Well, if it hardly ever happens, then no one should really care about the legislation. But just think about the kids that maybe could be born at eight and a half months old. Um, You know, even if there's one, isn't that one too many? Eight and a half months old. I am under the belief, and I don't care if this makes me sound like uh, this or that. If the kid can survive outside the womb, if if we designate like, uh, like, like given science advances, and, and it's like, okay, the kid can survive outside the moon at six and a half, the womb at six and a half months. I'm not saying you have to force people to do anything, but maybe we should strongly suggest that the person who's delivering the baby can maybe give it up for adoption via C-section or something rather than, you know, do that. Anyways, um, and to piss off even more people, that's all the abortion talk we're going to do the entire show. <laughs> so I don't want to hear anything from anybody. And with me today um, is is a special guest, uh, Douglas's uh, husband or boyfriend. I don't know if they're married, but Douglas's sweetie, as he calls him, um, threw a surprise party for Douglas. And Douglas is not here today. And I hope he's having a really good time. I think that it was really nice of uh, Alex to uh, notify us that he wouldn't be here. That was really thoughtful. You didn't have to do that at all because I'm sure you have your hands full. But uh, thank you very much for that. But with me instead, uh, as my co-host tonight, is a person that I've had on the show before. He's my ex-brother-in-law. He's also an accomplished, I would say, what would I call him, artist and um, and uh, advertising guy because he, he, you know, he he does commercial. I'll let him explain, or, or maybe not. It doesn't matter. He's he's a fucking, as far as I'm concerned, he's a guru in the advertising world. He does, he he was a graphic designer and he started off and he just worked his way up to creative director and all these really amazing companies. He's made really cool commercials. Um, that all of you have seen and his name is paul riss paul how you doing buddy i'm doing well how are you i'm doing well i'm sorry i fucked up your intro i, I don't know what to call you because w- what i first called you was that guy that was doing my sister and then now <laughs> and it's evolved so much since then it really <laughs> right? has yeah it totally has yeah <laughs> but what do you like do, your your career has been an interesting progression like that though right like you were yeah. an artist who found himself in the ad world, which is weird if you're, because you, I know that your mind is like more of an artist than a corporate person. And you you know how to play the game, but naturally you're more of an artist, no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think of myself as a creative thinker. So, you know, I've done a lot of different things, but my, my career is basically, I started off as a graphic designer. Um, and then I met, a guy by the name of Matt. Um, and he said, you think about things in a really strange way. I feel like you'd be good at advertising. So I switched from graphic design to advertising and I thought of some really weird things that, uh, sold products for my clients. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I was like researching some of the, uh, 
least trusted people and i'm way down at the bottom as a like i don't know if being a graphic designer gets me like some points but like advertising practitioner is uh, i think too above that's a thing yeah oh oh, yeah 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 like national post what what egotistical psychopath came up with that fucking term (laughs) (laughs) what is that a producer is that just producer? <laughs> if you make ads, if you do advertising, if you sell people to things that they might not need, <laughs> then you're down in the lower 30% of trustworthy. That's so many yeah. things. You could be a consultant if you do that. You could be a lawyer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyone who apparently touches advertising. That means all these wonderful people that I've worked with throughout my career, like <laughs> super talented directors and people that are incredible music producers or voice talent directors all that that means that they're all down there with me did you ever not get along with anyone oh yeah for sure absolutely i want to hear one of those stories i'm not interested in how you blew sunshine up someone's ass but like how (laughs) don't don't name anyone obviously don't name the company if you don't want to unless they're dead and then you could probably do it but like i assume them to still be alive (laughs) i don't know you know there was always a like a back and forth kind of thing with um account people and creative people right like it's a classic i'm on the business side of things well i'm on the creative side of things and the creative people always kind of got i I would i would just say straight up when i was coming up in the business we were treated better because we were the people that had the ideas that sold the products and all of that and they were sort of like the person who ran the business um which you know as i've matured i realize and understand that um they were a big part of everything we did, of course, too. But, you know, when you're oh, young, look you're at you talking. politicking. Look at you. Yeah, you know what it is. Well, I like I these I've one is my business partner now. I started an agency with them, so I kind of have to believe it. I'm um, going to play something that I haven't even watched yet, but it was the oh. latest thing that you've done. Oh, oh, the, you, uh, so in, intro it because I, I don't have no idea what I'm, what I'm about to play. We have high standards here at Blackballed where we'll just play anything that a guest tells us to play. So. <laughs> Well, it's safe. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it relates to um, an interview you did that I watched and thought was really excellent with Julie Black. Um, oh. So it has nothing to do with her. But when she when you interviewed her before, she was working with uh, BGC Canada, which used to be called Boys and Girls Club. But they obviously changed name because, mm-hmm. um, you know, of the non-binary nature of everything these days, you just don't. It just wasn't as inclusive, so they changed I, the name. I have no comment. Go ahead. Yeah, I get it. Um, so because I'm not allowed uh, it's a, to, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm not either. It's yeah, a commercial for that uh, organization, and the fact that they are they help a lot of kids with a lot of um, really really tough situations, and it's a great oh. uh, company. Like family uh, situations or school bullying, like or all of the above, or. Well, all of the above, like all the way up to uh, gang stuff and, you know, like a lot of young kids in in urban centers are like almost destined to be in a gang. And Mm. these guys really change lives. It's one of those ones where it's not funny. What you're about to watch is not funny. It's just a scenario. And um, I think you said you said bullying. This one happens to be. a couple of kids bullying an indigenous uh, young girl. Okay, and, yeah, set, set it up, yeah. Yeah, and so what we're what we're 
trying and your role and your role too like 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 so people understand that what you what you do you know like yeah yeah so i'm the i'm the creative director i hired uh, some a writer and an art director to think of ideas and i helped guide them to this point and then i went on you know i hired a director and i hired audio people and a producer and all that stuff and we made this commercial so like i'm sort of like the like i'm the creative director at the agency that made the work for the client so that's that's my role okay Uh, i didn't i you know i somebody else wrote it Somebody else art directed it, but I do the, I hire those people and I guide them and work on the strategy and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, For those of you on Spotify, Apple, and other uh, podcasts where you're just listening, uh, head on over to my YouTube page so you can watch it. So, um, so here, yes. is, is it, does it have a title? Uh, yeah, this one's called bullying actually. <laughs> you like, you chuckled there because I didn't send them to whatever the organization is. Should I, no, 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 put no, it no, like- I, no, I chuckled because, um, you, you actually, when you said, what do they, what do they help kids with? Like, like bullying was one of the things. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I sent you a bullying spot. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I've been both the bully and the bullied in my life. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, so this is Paul. What's the name of it? Sorry. Uh, BGC Canada is the name of the organization that helps the young kids. And okay. the spot is just, I just called it bully. Okay. Yeah. Here, here we go. That's so, actually pretty. Yeah, I like the the way that it went off of them and just onto the ground. Yeah, yeah, and th- there's a reason behind that. Like if you if you see some of the uh, some of the print advertising in the campaign, it's basically it's a portrait of a kid, and then it has a, their story written over top of them. But most of it is redacted because we can't really share those the kinds of things that happen to these kids. You can't like you can't put it on TV. You know, you don't want it to be exploitative and. Uh, also, like some of the things that I've heard through working with the organization is things that I don't I'm not certain I'd be able to get through as a 53 year old man mentally. I'm not sure I'd be able to handle it. And these are like eight to 14 year old kids that are dealing with this stuff. And so we we our whole thing was to not show it. And part of that like from a creative perspective i don't expect viewers to think of it the way i'm about to explain it but from a creative perspective what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to do the thing that great scary movie does it doesn't show you the monster and the monster will be whatever's in your head so you had an idea of what happened there well some of the viewers john or lane or betty ann like if they watched it that a different thing would have happened off camera for them so it would be as awful as the person that's viewing it is able to handle so therefore it doesn't insult anybody but doesn't come off too light or too dark or you know so that that was the idea behind not showing the the thing that happened yeah that's really interesting it it creates a, a subjectivity but really the root of the idea is that whatever's in your head is probably not even bad enough sometimes. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. Like whatever you can think of, they've been through worse. Yeah. Something. Um, how did you handle that? Like, like when you were, is it the process of working on something like this could be a couple months or something sometimes. So how was, uh, did it impact you? Yeah. That, that working with that client always impacts me because I meet real kids who are dealing with these things a lot of the time. And I've done a spot before that actually had club kids in it. And I learned some of their stories and, uh, yeah, man, you can't help, but be kind of inspired by the, the kids. I know it just sounds so cliche what I'm saying right now, but when you're, so. when you're in the moment and you're hearing these stories and I think to protect the privacy of the one person, I don't think I should even say what she told me happened to her. And that's how she channeled her, that that's like as a as a quote unquote actor in the spot, that's how she channeled her facial expression was thinking about what happened to her. And when she just she told me so matter of factly what happened to her, like it was just like, well, well, this like is in the same way that I would say, you know, like, oh, I read this great book last week. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, so not yeah. a thing, you know, but it was a massive thing that I'm not sure I'd be able to recover from. Yeah, I, I know. I know some people like that. It's actually to me uh, kind of a kind of a a, a a sign of strength often because um, I think uh, and I know people really close to me that have had stuff happen to them when they're a kid, and they say it matter of factly too. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember having conversations with them where they're like, "Well, it's you know, it, it's not something that I allow to overpower me anymore." And yeah. so when I say it, I don't want to be dramatic because that's not how I feel. You know? Yeah, exactly. She just she just was out with it, right? It's like I said, I just and all I said was, "You did so good." Like this, these people are these kids are not actors, right? But after the fact, she was so good. Her expression was perfect, and I was like, "Like that's you're so good. You did such a great job." Because she was nervous. They're always nervous, right? about being in front of a camera and all that stuff. But then to hear that them kind of say, works to the benefit in a way too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. In that context, especially. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But to hear them, to hear that kid who's dealt with such trauma so gracefully <laughs> um, yeah. to hear her say, I had a great time doing it. This was fun. It was like, that made me feel good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because that would be like um, therapeutic almost for both of you. Yeah, definitely. I I think I've gained a greater uh, I gained a greater respect for other people's uh, problems and situations and things by working with them. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of uh, there was a time some people that know me or have been listening for a while uh, might remember this, but I was uh, I, I for like four months maybe 15 to 20 hours a week, I dedicated uh, myself to trying to research so I could come up with like um, a short video and like a, a like a six-part series like of articles talking about the history of sentencing of um, child sex crimes and why it's so small. Yeah. Because there actually are really interesting caveats that no one knows about about why these sentences are so tight and none of them are good reasons by the way it's just not that it's just that the crime isn't like seen as heinous 
as raping or killing an adult, right? Like it's just for some reason. I think it should be on par with murder. I personally think because it has this, it, it kills people's lives in a more mental, uh, psychological sense, right? Like, yeah. and um, and I and you know I can relate to that, to that in in some ways. So the but the but the process itself was so awful that I had to abandon it. I, I really did because I would read cases where the judge is like. Despite the defendant's repeated raping, both vaginally and anally, of his daughter over a period of six years, da, 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 da. and you're like reading this, and you're like, "Holy fuck!" And then in the decision, they're like, "I see no reason that the defendant should be uh, not be incarcerated for the maximum six and a half years, or whatever the fuck." Right? It was always yep. something that was ridiculously, and you're just sitting there. And I couldn't do it. Like, I mean, I could have buckled down and done it, but I was like, all like, I dreamt about shit. Like, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't healthy to to do it the way I did it. Now I know the gruesome details, but yeah, it, it's it's a tough subject. Like when and when you're involved in working on something like that, it's you know, it's it's a difficult process. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's a far cry from writing something comedy. Like today, I was writing comedy. So yeah. Um, let's play one of your comedies so we can shift gears a little bit. Um, this is a Cialis commercial that you did. <laughs> it's great. And I think most of you have probably seen this. So this is, uh, this is Paul Riss, uh, creative director for this ad for Cialis. Cialis. Ask your doctor. <laughs> that is such a good ad. Like it's, There's it so is, nothing happens. That's I know. Really I know but, literally but, nothing happens. But you get it. <laughs> you yeah. Get right? it. It, it's, and it was so... Uh, I, for some reason, because I'm a nerd, I want to know um, this, the movie itself. Was that... Because one of the shots of the thing blowing up looked like your agency building. <laughs> it did yeah you're right totally did no the, like all of that stuff was stock footage i just bought that stuff okay too expensive well, that was dope. like that back then how fun is it to do ads like that because like the creative is so different from when you like you did the sumo um car wash thing for what was it hyundai or Subaru. Subaru. Yeah. um yeah. and um and you know that that was like visually hilarious and uh harken back to the idea of scantily clad women all over american sports cars and it was just like the japanese or whatever version of that and it was but it was like it was super entertaining but this is like completely abstract yeah well the the thing about pharmaceuticals is you can't say what it does you can't say what it is except for showing the logo and a voiceover at the end like you can't say anything nothing yeah. And not say anything. And that to me is a fun challenge. Like there was a great Viagra commercial that some friends of mine made um, whereby it was like they were having like, you know, there was like a water cooler version and there was on a golf course version. And it was just like a couple of people talking. So the woman would say, so what'd you get up to last night? And the person like literally just said what they did, but they bleeped out. 
like the longest bleep you've ever heard in a commercial. The almost yes. twenty second bleep, and it and at the end of it, there's just like that awkward silence of uh, like what was just said that we never heard. But again, it's one of those things where you create the subjectivity yourself, right? Oh yeah, like, I had I had a, they did a different thing in my brain than they did in somebody else's oh, yeah. brain, right? Like there's no. For me, it would have been like the aristocrats joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I actually forgot about that. Hey, since it's casual, for... oh, okay. He walked. What, is that Rachel? No, that's my children. It's oh. my twins. One of them's wearing a mayhem shirt, and the other one's wearing an Arctic Monkeys shirt. <laughs> I think that's all the evidence we need that you've done a good job parenting. Yeah, yeah, not bad. <laughs> really, not everybody's uh, son wears a mayhem T-shirt. Um, just to let everyone know and to make it a little awkward for everybody, um, Paul has like one of my one of my favorite people of ever, ever is your wife. Your wife is your wife. Rachel is top three creative, top three funny. And in my opinion, top three hot because she's like tall and she was a roller derby girl and she's got big boobs and you just want to snuggle it. Right. Like yeah, she's got lots going for her. That's for she, sure. she'd be one of those girls where it's like, James, if Rachel were to kill you by strangling you with her thighs with roller blades on, would you be OK with that? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Sign me up for that shit. Like, I, you know, it's so much good better than out. cancer. <laughs> good way out. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, my daughter's out there. She can obviously she can hear what you're saying. Oh, that's I'm so nice. sorry. She's like, ooh. <laughs> no, that's fine. Lived, lived, no, I don't want to know. Don't tell them. Tell them they're 23. Oh. She's 23. Yeah. <laughs> the daughter's 23. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, definitely yeah. old enough to find that funny. I'm uh, realizing I'm sunburnt, I think. Oh, are you? Yeah, because I, I was walking I around a lot in Ottawa. I've been inside so much because I broke my collarbone. So I'm yeah, not. Yeah, you, you look like. Uh, <laughs> you, you look like you were. Um, clothed to match your curtains and your wall hanging yes and i have a spare arm <laughs> yeah <laughs> you broke your collarbone how did you break it uh minor motorcycle accident well you keep on saying the minor thing is that because your kids are there no no because i like it's weird because as soon as you tell everybody well uh, i had an issue with my so okay so i got yeah, caught just, tell, just, just say it i don't care if it's boring it's, yeah, it's, I got it's got to be le- it's got to be less boring than this. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, I got caught in the rain and I was heading home, but I was like being super careful and I was going only like probably 25 or 30 kilometers an hour on Main Street in Hamilton. But like big roads like that, that get heavy use. They're not flat, right? Like they're like this from the grooves, from the weights of the cars from years and years driving on the road like little ones little dips yeah right? just little yeah. Di- like you don't see it when you look at it but it's there like the uh, trent street jump in whitby do you remember that i do yes yeah. <laughs> i've done that a lot mm-hmm. um so like i as i was moving into the to the left turn lane because there was a car a parked car usually i ride in that lane anyways when i'm approaching my house this is only a block away from my house so i thought i'm in the rain and that's where most people die paul by the way. Yeah, I, I know. And there's the thing, the, <laughs> the bumps oh, shit, in the man. road. And then I guess as I changed lanes, I hit a patch of oil. And on fresh rain, the oil just like, the water just sits there and it's like black ice, right? Mm. So my bike literally went like out from underneath me. So luckily it didn't fall on me, didn't break a leg. Did you uh, slide? 
Oh yeah. Well, I flew first, and then I hit the ground on this shoulder, and then minor accident, everybody. So you <laughs> flew off the bike and started pummeling down the street. Go on. Yeah. So I hit my right shoulder on the. That's what I landed on first, and then my head bashed off the road like a basketball. It was totally insane. Minor um, accident. Totally insane. Yeah. That that part was totally insane. But the amazing thing is fucking helmets man they're so like i wear a proper full face mask helmet and i'm like they scanned my brain and made sure i didn't have any issues from the because i said well yeah i sure felt my head bounce off the road but it was but it was concussion or anything no nothing 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 not even a headache i bought a very expensive not a headache no i should point out at this point that i was going four kilometers an hour <laughs> no, I was going only, but only like twenty-five or thirty kilometers an hour. So, still, how long did you slide? How long do you think, like, you fell off the bike, and then how long was the trip before you hit something that oh, you stopped? Yeah. Where you stopped? Yeah, I just came to a stop. Um, I would say that that I don't know, like ten, fifteen feet or something like that. I I remember sliding on the road. I remember going this, like it was a weird sensation, just scooting down the road, but laying on your shoulder yeah it was weird when i say minor i say because all i did was break my collarbone it wasn't that bad it wasn't it didn't involve another car or you know what i mean like i wasn't i wasn't like some kind of a ding dong go ahead that might might be my kids (laughs) oh (laughs) paul talk to the audience for some reason i'm gonna talk to linda because she thinks she's talking about my creepy doll back here (laughs) uh yeah, Linda, I bought that doll when I was doing a TV commercial, actually. I was shooting it in um, Buenos Aires, and I just went to this really cool little place. Oh, James is back. Anyways, I was just telling the story of my creepy doll. I was just, That was going to be my next question. <laughs> oh, my God, Linda, Linda. Thank Pedro. you. You're yeah. my spirit animal tonight, Linda, because that's exactly what I was going to ask when I came back. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that. And you know, you know what else? I didn't stir the sauce. Oh, no. So you're burnt on the bottom? I don't know. Give me one second. <laughs> yeah, you got to check that because yeah. that's this problem, man. Well, you can tell I'm not a host, really, because what am I going to talk about? Um, this, this, So this little doll here, I brought him back from from uh, Buenos Aires. But the I think on purpose, because this was... Uh, well, this would have been post-9-11. But anyways... Uh, so I put the doll, but I didn't like carry him on. I folded him in half and put him in my carry-on luggage. So when they ran it through the scanner, they'd see what they thought was maybe a baby in there. <laughs> wow. And there was a little surprise look on the face of the man that's running the machine. And it was like one of those, it was like almost written for a comedy show. Cause like the thing went back and then forth. Yeah they were just all looks british to me uh he does look british can you you pick it up can you can you like put it on your lap or anything so we can get the full effect of the wow oh that's actually really nice can you control the mouth i can except i don't know you got a broken arm deficit here with one arm right so yeah but there's a string on his back i think i just saw it on your lap on your like yeah you pull the string and you know oh there you go Wow, he only opens it a little bit, so he's all on like fentanyl or something. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> there you go. 
I'm like so terrified. Now, now cocaine. Yep. Yeah. I'm so terrified to break the string and it doesn't work anymore. Is it like a classic doll or was it made recently? No, no. This thing is so old. <laughs> really? I bought it in a junk shop in Buenos Aires when I was shooting a commercial. Hence <laughs> putting in my, my carry-on luggage because I had to bring them home and I didn't want them to get wrecked in the oh, bottom. You should, like, do they check babies? Like, if you had a baby in, like, a basket or some shit, whatever those things are called, that, yeah, that women carry where, you know, the carry-on yeah. crib or whatever the fuck, right? Like, do they check to make sure it's a baby? Um, Because that would be I, fucking I would... hilarious because it, it's not breaking any laws. You're just putting oh. a doll inside a little baby carrier. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure that it, they'd want the doll to go through the thing, though, whereas they wouldn't probably want a baby to go through the... Secret. My doll identifies as my child. <laughs> <laughs> like, wanted to bring that back, eh? I'm not, I told you I'm not touching that non-binary stuff. I'm not... I don't know. Non-bi- what are you talking about? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> non-binary, yeah. Uh, ident- identify as wood from Buenos Aires. <laughs> Yeah, this um, guy, he's a good guy. No, what's his name? Uh, Pedro. Oh, pretty racist, that's probably. Okay, you're you're a little too hard on yourself, Paul. That that world actually that that whole thing where we're, we're all way too careful is actually kind of like Twitter. It's not really real life because it's. No. I'm not saying that we should be ma- mocking people, but if no, no. but if you named your doll Pedro because you got it from Buenos Aires country. Yeah, like if you listen, if you named it John Smith, you would have been called a colonialist. So don't worry about it. (laughs) You're fine. That world doesn't exist. That world doesn't exist because um, real morals and ethics are based on intent and understanding. It's not based on naming a doll Pedro, which is culturally correct for where you were. You'd be appropriating the culture probably if you named him something else, you know, like (laughs) Jedediah. But I, what I should do is I should name him Pedro, but give him a German last name because it was Buenos Aires, right? So Argentina is oh. a lot of Germans went to Argentina. Bad. That's where Hitler went. Bad, bad Germans went to Argentina. <laughs> There's that whole conspiracy about Hitler. Um, <laughs> like really. And it's kind of a like, listen, I, I don't know what's real and what isn't, you know, like, like the world is a very complex place and everyone lies. Right. So I have no idea what the fuck is real. But like. The conspiracy of Hitler being like, like actually escaping Germany, going to um, Argentina, is kind of plausible to me because, from what I recall, they said that Hitler shot himself um, in the head twice somehow. Didn't he have two bullet holes in his head? Yeah, maybe the first one didn't do the trick. Yeah, maybe. Um, And then they burnt his body. Who did? I think the Russians did. Oh, okay. Right. So it's like, and and then it's you know no, I don't know, and for some reason I feel like you might not be able to sometimes trust Russia, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel the sort of the same way about the United States. So, anyways, that that conspiracy has always been kind of interesting to me because it's it's like, well, they didn't really get a body because look look what the Russians did with Stalin. Like, you can still see that man's face today, I think. If you go to a certain place where his body is, they just kept it. Like, I don't know. They, whatever, they, they preserved it. And with Hitler, they're like, burn his face. That's, I felt that way when the United States were like, we caught the world's most famous terrorist. Now let's have no witnesses and then dump his body at sea. Like, <laughs> <what the> fuck? <laughs> like, like, how do we just, like, how come they didn't, like, Take a pair, take a page out of his book and take a picture of his body with that day's paper. 
you know something you know like like the peace sign like you know they do in korea or whatever like i don't know just something i think that what they should have done like honestly i do think this i think they should have uh put them on that boat that navy boat um preserve it in the freezer whatever the fuck you do with, with bodies um or whatever and then take it to like a neutral um country where people from where is he from yemen and saudi arabia and his family and like a United States representative, <laughs> like like just have like eight people go, yeah, yeah, that's him, and uh, and then give the body to the family, and let them do their fucking thing. But I guess no witness burial at sea is just as good. <laughs> <laughs> never understood. Well, that. I really never did. It just uh, it's unprovable. Like there's no there's no going back. There's no that's done now. Like, shout outs shout outs to Jen Waddell. No, it wasn't Stalin James, you stupid idiot. This is really what she typed for every for everyone on Apple and Spotify. This is what my friend Jen wrote. Not Stalin James, you stupid idiot. Lenin. Stalin they dragged through the streets by his testicles. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Jen's always educating me. She's a little harsh for all those people listening and not watching, but you know. Worth it, it. happens. She's also coming on the show tonight if she doesn't renege. And uh we'll also be visited by Paul Atkinson. Paul Atkinson is the man with the very deep voice, who's also known as the the guy in the blue jacket, blue jacket guy. Is that what he was called in uh, during the Ottawa protest? Do you remember him, Paul? And he I, just like lost it on people. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> well, he's he's been a, uh, a a podcaster on this network for now, like it's got to be over a year now, I think. So, like, or at least since yeah, since just after the uh, protest, like, he was all over the news, like internationally, like millions oh. of people saw this guy basically like tear the assholes off of like like people that were honking their horns and shit i'm laughing because i can still picture it but for paul it was a quite traumatic experience <laughs> like 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 for a lot of people in that downtown core where all the trucks were yeah yeah it, would be like, it was like being trapped in like those world cup horns just being inside of it yes you know yeah i don't I, know what i would do well yeah i think you know what i don't i didn't really pay it's gonna sound so bad but i think so much it it got to so much bad and i just stopped looking at like i stopped reading the new york times for a little while i stopped ev- looking at oh new- did you oh how tragic oh my goodness <laughs> whatever did you read yeah sorry I, well it's the only newspaper that i read because i can only afford one <laughs> one subscription so i just get that one you're the um, most frugal guy ever. Like you can afford more than one subscription. I know. Yeah, I'm sure that's. I like. You know. Yeah, you know, maybe. All but... your money's tied up in dummies from Buenos Aires. <laughs> Imagine me. you cracked it open and there was like a million dollar bill in there or something or some sort of like. You never know. Yeah, you... but it would be funnier if I cracked it open. Um, and there were drugs. Like, like, and I died the next day somehow. Like, I just oh. I found all this money and then it was like. Like that Brady Bunch episode where they went to Hawaii and found that voodoo doll or whatever that was. <laughs> Do you remember that? I never watched the Brady Bunch. Come on. You never watched the Brady Bunch? No, not really. Like, I, I, I know what it is. I know the intro more than anything. But I, yeah. I didn't really pay attention to it. I was. I, uh, I always thought that, and I'm not kidding. I'm not just trying to be funny. Uh, I, only, I used to think that the dad was always cheating. <laughs> I just did. The dad was out of town and the wife was like so obe- obedient. It felt like she didn't know what was going on. 
you know and she had like alice who was stealing shit probably and you know the kids like six kids with no railing on the fucking staircase (laughs) it was just these steps there was like a railing on one. if i'm recalling correctly this could be a mandela syndrome thing but like i i seem to recall that these stairs were like these modernish looking stairs that didn't like have a railing on the one side maybe i'm wrong about that someone look up the brady bunch staircase please (laughs) and uh, and let me know now i'm thinking i haven't seen the railing on that staircase either see (laughs) i think i I was telling someone the other day the the mandela effect is like one of the greatest internet hoaxes of all time oh really well yeah it's i mean like if if okay wait i might be defining it correctly but how i define it is like the berenstein bears for example which are I've always been spelled that way. And I remember it being spelled that way when I was a kid, the Baron Stain Bears or whatever, because I remember just not being able to unsee the word stain. Yeah. I just, that's the way my mind works. But it is subtle enough to qualify as a possible Mandela effect candidate. And that's the formula for the Mandela effect. It isn't real. It isn't like I'm remembering wrong. And it and somehow it magically changed one day and tricked all of us. Like, like that doesn't well, apparently that's what happened with the fucking stairs because uh, somebody at Linda said that they had railings. <laughs> was it at least glass? No, it was probably wrought iron, like seventies wrought send iron. Me a link to the picture, someone. Is, did, did they do it? Send, <laughs> send the Google image link so I can take a look at it. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny, Linda. Where do you win? Um, I don't know. Do you like birds, Linda? I can send you a bird painting. Dude, Linda, take him up on that. Linda, if you comment deal, then we saw an official deal. That's like the cocktail napkin of podcast contracts. They had open risers, but they did have railings. But the railing, Linda, it was like wrought iron, right? Like metal. Was it hard to see? I wonder if it was hard to see. I wonder why no one sent the Google image link yet. Like, that's really what's up. Because everyone says I type too hard. James, you fucking type hard. I'll take a, I'll take a bird. Okay, what do you know about birds, Linda? You gotta just tell me what's what species do you really like? And oh, I see. I, I don't remember if it's my okay, uh, but I gotta say that if I have to paint it from scratch, you're gonna have to wait because I'm in a sling for like another four weeks. <laughs> but I will send it to you. Wait, are you gonna send her a new one? Oh, you're gonna like actually make her a custom thing? Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna. Uh, Why would you agree to that? Just kidding. I'm, I'm just gonna kidding. have her look at because I like painting birds. I'm I'm gonna have her look at the one, maybe some of the ones I've done on my Instagram, and then if there's one there that that she likes, I would. Oh, you like nutch hatches and woodpeckers? Okay, all right. Let's. Um, this this is a, the reason, by the way. Old me now. Oh, there it is. You can see why I thought that though. Like it was, yeah, it's pretty. Lot. You know, that is not what I remember that house looking like. Isn't that a dope ass house? Seriously, like, yeah, like once you get rid of that, like you got to get rid of that fucking weird filing cabinet with the horse on it. Like, you know, you put something else there. But like, and that yeah. painting being clashing with the stair with the railing that I didn't think existed is kind of weird. But um, it's an odd place to hang a pa- painting right behind a piece of wood. <laughs> See, I wouldn't have railings. Look how stupid the railings look, though. Yeah, I would just take them out. And I would then, at least only have the one on the outside. I wouldn't put one next to the wall. But look how big and clunky it is. Like, I'd make it plexiglass or some shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
I do or like maybe... that little brick. Like I like the idea of having a brick floor inside my house. That looks like carpet, doesn't it? Oh, is that carpet? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it well, probably I like the idea of having a brick floor. You know, you got your own fucking slide your feet on it and you do the pumice work every morning my favorite part is the part above the front door that looks like the old ckvr kind of graphic-y the orange yellow and blues like blocks there you see it? yeah that's um if i was a better artist i'd be able to tell you who that painter was that used oh, really? to paint like that yeah and they were always like like really bold they weren't colored like that but they were like all the paintings were sections hmm. if i asked my wife she'd know for sure because She's. I don't think they're called colored sections. I think they're. I think they call them sections of color now. Just sections of color. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyways, there's. But the colors that were used in those paintings were like red, uh, red and white and blue and yellow, really bright colors. Like some shampoo company actually bought the rights to it once and covered all their packaging with it. For some reason, I just thought of the guy that made the. Remember the, the, who's that famous art director guy that like created the msn butterfly oh i forget that guy's name uh are you talking is it was it saul bass or something, something i don't know like that i always thought that like why does why does everyone think the butterflies like the greatest thing ever like i i used to be like it's it's fine i get it like you know like it's, it stands out it's different colors uses magenta i think even hey great good job but why was that considered to be like the picasso of logos like and it was legitimately which which which, which tv station are we talking about which which the, what, what was the, the logo again? What was the, the brand? MSN logo of the butterfly? Oh, that little thing. Yeah, yeah. It's good. There's no doubt. Like it's really stood <laughs> the test of time. Um, yeah. I see Jen called out the shampoo company that bought the artwork, uh, L'Oreal. I, I, James, you have to figure out a way to tell Linda how to get a hold of me. Linda, go on Instagram and search up the Paul Riss and Mondrian. Thank you. Here, I'll just send the link, Linda. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, yeah. technology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. We have. Yeah. <laughs> you literally do ads online. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I know. If I just search Paul Riss, it should come up. No. On. Uh, there you are. Instagram. Yeah. The Paul Riss. That one. Oh, she's looking at it right now. She's already got oh, it. Okay. She's like ten That's steps right. ahead of us. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, everybody. See, yeah. I know we shouldn't type. Um, I just want to say that I just got that new T-shirt, and it's my new favorite T-shirt. So, um. Be, until like I have production coming and it's going to be really dope. But until then, I wanted it to be as like casual and homey as possible, even when I do interviews. So yeah. that's the documentary that I did. That's we run shit. That's this uh, guru from Gangstar. I did this tribute event when he died of cancer, and I gave the money to cancer research. And then that is the world's most famous meth dealer artist depiction <laughs> from Breaking Bad, Heisenberg. Yep. And. Uh, yeah. And I got this new shoe shirt. I, I did a lot of clothes shopping in in Ottawa because I I haven't gone clothes shopping, and I'm not even kidding when I say this. In about I don't know 15 years, something like that. Like yeah. I bought I bought a T-shirt here and there, but yeah. other than that, like my my ex would go to like you know wherever Value Village or Winners or someplace like that, and just come back with something. And to her credit, she was pretty good at picking shit out, but it was always clothes like that, and so. But I found, like, I went to Nordstrom's, and yeah. I was, like, I was, like, look, looking at prices, like, this is ridiculous. And then I looked up, and it was, like, everything is 70% off. And I'm, like, oh. <laughs> Which would put it on par with winners. Yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. <laughs> so I'm, like, okay, let's do this. So I got, like, like literally what would be the equivalent of, like, $3,000 worth of clothes and shoes for, like, I don't know, 
600 bucks or something like that right like it was, nice. it was really cheap and um the uh there was a t-shirt play or there was a t like in the in the mall i went to the the whatever it's called the Rideau center or something like that i real yeah. i and i totally reinvigorated my hatred for shopping malls it, it, it's just the worst ever i can't stand them i Pretty literally horrible. you know when people say i was literally shaking you know but but yeah. we're always like whatever i was yeah. literally shaking i was just like get me the fuck out of here and like yeah. people like i i don't know like people asking me for directions but in french was really kind of like i don't even like i guess you asked for directions parlez-vous never i don't know what the fuck and uh but then i discovered this place on the way home in canada called the tangier outlet and it's all these brand names in the entire plaza is like half price brand names i think i've like, been there i think i've been to that place because my family like just, yeah lives oh, just outside of ottawa <laughs> oh do they really yeah, and I and I've I've heard my sister talk about the Tangier. Yeah, it, it's so I ended up spending like a bunch more money, but like it was all really cheap. So yeah. I now have like this like new wardrobe for the first time ever, and I got to tell you, since the last time I had hair and got my last really good haircut, I've never felt better. <laughs> it turns out wearing like you know new clothes. I know this sounds this is really unfamiliar territory for me. Tangier according to private chat. Um, oh. Yeah, don't worry. I'll let you in in a second, Paul. But now it's going to be a couple seconds longer. Um, <laughs> Paul just corrected my uh, pronunciation. Not from the Paul, green the room. Paul. The other yeah, Paul. The other Paul. Wait. But, um, but this for Paul real... was also incorrect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not materialistic I, at all. Everyone that knows me is like, James, if anything, you could become more materialistic. You're, you don't, you know, whatever. And so um, you like things. <laughs> yeah, and... But it's true. I just like, I feel like new shoes, especially. I was wearing the same Blundstones for like 10 years and yeah. I wore them like every season. They were like my five days a week shoes. Yeah. yeah. I, used, I used to do that too. Uh, but like, I, I actually haven't, I've only wore a pair of jeans one time since the 2019, since the end of 2019. And really? the rest of it has just been like basically track pants or like <laughs> these uh, my wife bought me these <laughs> rachel bought me this pair of track they're they're called like i would never work out in them i never work out in them but they're like really super comfortable but they're not jeans yeah. they're not like i just haven't had to do it <laughs> and mm. i'm so happy not to do it I, the only reason i'm wearing a button-up shirt right now is because i got a sling on and i can't it's literally impossible for me to wear a t-shirt right now uh oh. like, what well, would you do to yourself? So, hold Paul Atkinson from the Eager Beaver Podcast is joining us. Um, hey, he was typing messages from the green room, um, and uh, that's why he had to wait a little bit longer. How are you, Paul? All good. I'm good. I'm great, brother. I just uh, I just got back home. We were at a, um, a VIP event earlier for the uh, Auto Race Weekend is taking place. So it's a big marathon, and uh, I, I hung out with some really cool racing running people i have no idea their names um had a nice conversation with a few of them so you know good times you know so you were like a very important paul sure i'll take it <laughs> it's a vip event <clears throat> you could just say event it's fine you, we we already know because you're wearing a cool blazer you're right <laughs> well I, I i i fluffed so it, it's funny when i went to the pub after work today i um 
I had a pink T-shirt on, and I put on a different cap. And I get there, and the guys are like, um, "There's my lady friend. Uh, you look like a uh, uh, you look like a, a, a castaway from the friend, member of there, uh, from the the." the, the uh, oh, there's your lady friend right there. there, there, there Hello, lady, yeah, 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 lady friend. Yeah. You look like kind of a castaway or a cast member of Duck Dynasty. And I'm like, I'm what? Huh? Yeah. And then I looked in the mirror and I had the right ball cap on and I went, oh shit, I do look like a cat. Oh my God, I'm a Duck Dynasty guy. Thankfully, next week the beard gets shorn, removed, done forever over the next few days so that we can raise some money for a really good uh, cause. Um, Cornerstone Housing for Women and, and, and every day it's like a different style that I'll shave it. And, and that money, it, we're going to have people bid on it and just send the money directly to the charity. So nice. It's, it's, well, you know, it's, it's literally the, the least amount of effort I can put into raising money. I grow a beard and I shave it off and people spend money to, for me to look like a fool for five days. And the thing is, is like, I'm going to have a, a giant Salvador Dali crazy ass long mustache for five days for $500. If we can, if we can get somebody to spend that much money or, or a group of people, I don't care. Just as long as we can raise $500 for me to wear a Salvador Dali for a week, I'm happy to do it. That's awesome. I, I did a thing once, uh, this advertising agency I used to work at, they had a sort of a, an evening for, um, Ronald McDonald house, um, uh, mm. And so every person that worked at the agency uh, had to come up with something to right. to like auction off, right, for charity. And, um, you know, some people did a painting, some people wrote a song that they sang and, you know, var- various things that people did because, you know, working in a creative place. And uh, my thing was I was whoever paid the most money because I was trying to get people to argue over it mm-hmm. whoever would pay the most money i would tattoo their name on my body and a heart like with the, <laughs> you know, the classic with a piece nice. of wrapped around the heart and uh yeah i don't i don't remember exactly how much this was so long ago i don't remember how much we got but these two guys kept bidding against each other and then my my wife uh pulled them aside and said you guys are so dumb why do you keep outbidding each other? Why don't you just take all of your budget and pool it together and make them put both the names on there? <laughs> so now oh, I have a genius. Yes, she really is. <laughs> James would agree with that. And now I have um, Rob plus. Uh, oh, God, why can't I fucking can't remember? His name all <laughs> oh, I got all fucking stressed out about it. Um and so I got the two guys' names tattooed on my arm. <laughs> that, that's that's great. So years ago, I was working with a fella, and uh, I, I worked construction for 29 years. Uh, but I build networks and fiber optic stuff and, you know, telecom stuff. Yep. There's this one fella, he's like, we're on a job site for about six weeks together. And he goes, bro, I really love working with you. I'm like, yeah, I really enjoy your company too. You're like a great coworker. I don't have to tell you anything. You don't have to tell me anything. We're just look at one another and we get it symbiotic. We can communicate and blah, blah, blah. It's great. He goes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you how much I love you. I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm like, well, I, I guess he's gay. Um, sure. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Told me he had a wife though. So Maybe this is new to him and new to her, but whatever. So he's like, yeah, um, 
so I love you this much, bro. I got your name tattooed on my body. I'm like, <laughs> what? As a surprise? He goes, he goes, no, check it out, bro. I got your your name tattooed on my butt cheek. And he literally turns around, drops trout, and it says, your name. <laughs> and he got tattooed literally, your name. And I'm like, I, I laughed so hard, I thought I was going to throw up. I'm like, dude, that is fucking brilliant. That's a long way to go for that joke. Like, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I've pulled that joke on like about a dozen people. I'm like, dude, you can do that for the rest of your life. Yes. It's brilliant. And maybe he likes showing his ass to people. So he <laughs> got that. <laughs> well, it was just one cheek, just one cheek, not the whole ass, just one oh, cheek. Oh, okay. So like, if you show the whole ass, I think there's some sort of violation of, I don't know, whatever. But if it's one cheek, it's like, it's just a little bit of flesh. It's just a little bit of flesh with a tattoo on it that says your name. <laughs> That's amazing. Is this your penis again? <laughs> no, 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 wasn't talking about my penis. Okay, I was just saying. You said tattooed your name on it. I don't know. I thought it'd be pretty good. Pretty good. Part so is your that. wife's name Wendy too? No, it says "Welcome to Ottawa. Have a nice day." What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, sorry. I had to stir the sauce again. That's what happened. Um, which is something I do even when I'm on the podcast. But uh, I, uh, guys, by the way, I make a pretty dope ass sauce. I, I think I, I've been wanting to bottle sauces for like ever, and I think mm. I might do it this time. I might do it this year. I'm gonna grow my own tomatoes, and I'm just gonna fucking do it. I don't care. Um, well, bro, I, I would, I would love to try your sauce. Um, it's a bummer we couldn't connect this week. You were in town, and you know. Yeah, um, I didn't want to do it for like twenty minutes because I only, literally only had twenty minutes when I when I was like, well, yeah. I had forty five, but by the time we got together, it would have been like twenty minutes. So um, it's yeah, I get rush. it. And then the next day, you just didn't call me, and I just felt awkward calling you again. So no, the next day I was busy as fuck, and the day after that, I worked twelve hours straight. So yeah, no, it's all good. Um, Ottawa was okay. I, I, there was a weird situation. I, I a blonde chick was. Uh, I, f I went to, uh, actually, I, I met her first in front of my building. She was, like, crying. Oh. And she was near her bike. And I thought she had dropped her phone in her wallet and stuff. So I was just walking. I, it was, like, 9 o'clock or something. And uh, I just stopped. And I, like, I, I, I didn't grab because it was her wallet and her phone. I didn't want to, like, grab it because I didn't know she mm -hmm. dropped it or what she was doing. But I was like, are you okay? And she she was crying. And, uh, and she just started, like, going into this thing about how she's like, I'm a server and I went to 70 interviews in the last two months and no one's hired me and everything like that. And she was just so distraught. And I was just like, oh, damn. So I, I was like, well, do you, do you have a friend that you can call? Like, you seem pretty distraught. Like, I didn't know what, what to do. And I wasn't certainly going to, like, you know, ingratiate myself and like, hey, maybe I should take you for a coffee because that's cause just whatever. So I stayed with her for like 10 minutes. And then she was like, I'm meeting my friends at this bar. Like, you should come. And I was like, okay, maybe. So I went upstairs and with all the intention of not going at all. And I was just like, fuck, I, I'm not sleepy. So I, I went to this place called uh, Poor Poor Boys. Poor Boys, yeah, I know where it is. This little hole the ground, but it's actually kind of mm -hmm. neat. It's funky. And, and the, I went the in. Cheap beer. The food's pretty good. Well, yes. Let me tell you how cheap the beer was. By the time I got there, the blubbering woman was completely trashed. Like she was <laughs> like trash. And she kept on. So her boyfriend worked in the kitchen, I found out, like halfway through the night. And I wasn't, again, now she's drunk, blubbering girl. So I'm like, 
I, I find drunk people annoying. Like not now that I don't drink, I find I get it. being around drunk people is like being around Art. children. Mm. You know, like it's worse, it's worse than uh, that. Yeah, it is worse. It, it, it's awful. So, so she's that, and she's like sitting at the table. So they're sitting sort of at the bar, and I'm sitting at one of the small tables in this establishment. Mm. And um, they sort of ha- they have turns. So it's like I'm on a table there at the bar. And she sits at the table with me, and she kept on. She keeps on showing me the world's shittiest tattoo of a red heart that's not even filled in, but it's like on <laughs> her, like it's like this far away from her Versace. Oh, right. My and goodness. so, and she keeps on showing it, and she's like, "Did you see my tattoo?" And she reminded me of my stepmother. If you really want to know the truth, right? Like, she, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> what? Ask Paul. <laughs> I do know her. <laughs> yes, that's right. D- tell me that's that. All is kinds it... of levels of bad. Well, actually, the problem with that analogy is that my stepmother was so much worse than that. <laughs> you know, oh, not... Jesus. so much worse. Paul, can I get a witness? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it just makes. I don't know. I. That's right. I, I had never met someone like her. <laughs> yeah. there you go that point in my life and i live in east hamilton i still have anybody like her yeah. She, yeah, she wouldn't oh. class the play she wouldn't class the place up if she moved to east hamilton let me tell you that. Oh. <laughs> right. dude that that says a lot it's yeah, a, it's yeah really it does what? that's that's about all we're gonna say about it too but um <laughs> but but so i get th- so she's showing me this tattoo over and over again and i turn to her friend and her friend's like so i don't know how old this girl was you know she, she could anywhere between 28 and 50 right <laughs> I, I have no idea um and because i can't tell ages i've realized and and send the girl the girl at the bar she has all this ink and i think she's like 32 but she turns out to be 26 and i'm just like listen um i just want to let you know that um and i hope everyone is aware that i'm just a dude sitting here i'm just like because i know her boyfriend's in there and i don't know why she keeps showing me her tattoo but like I, I mean, no, like, I'm definitely, I'm not interested. Like, nothing's going to happen or whatever. And they're like, oh, she does this all the time. You have no idea. Right? Like, <laughs> she's a and I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, she shows that tattoo to, like, two, three guys a night once she has more than two beers. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Her That's boyfriend like- comes up to me, like, 10 minutes later, I'm really sorry that my wife keeps showing you her tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. This is the greatest. So I stayed. That's I had awesome. one. I had one Corona and a coffee, because I'm that guy now. And then I left. But uh, and then the walk home was weird. It's a weird. It's, I don't know. That night was weird. Yeah. Like there's a. Well, I don't know. You're on Somerset like Street, and there's a lot of weirdness on that street. So from poor boy back to your hotel, yeah. and I know where you're staying. Yeah. Um, you're passing by all the weirdness, all the grunge, all the strangeness, all the strange that is Ottawa. Like yeah. literally, and 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 there's more of it, a of few course. Times on the way back, on the way back to the hotel, there was like there were people walking by. One guy was on shrooms. Oh yeah, and I yeah. And like and th- this woman is like helping him. She's like, she's like, hey, handsome. Sorry about my boyfriend. He's on shrooms. Do you know anything about shrooms? And I'm like, I know a little bit about shrooms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you have any more shrooms? The first thing I'd like to know is if you have any more shrooms, right? But no, I wouldn't have taken any. Actually, I didn't even say that. But um, I, I was just like, oh, how much? Did, how, yeah, I did. How much did he take? And she's like, I don't know. How much did you take? And he said like three grams. And I was just like, oh, mm. all right. Well, is that a lot? I don't know. 
to me it's not and it, it's but i have a different approach to mushrooms i, I don't have mm. a tolerance for mushrooms i have an appreciation for stronger and stronger feelings when on <laughs> mushrooms right like I, it's not like when i'm on six grams i feel like you would on two or it could but because i approach it in a different way so i do what's called the hero dose i know I, I don't do anything it's not called that because it's branding it's it's it, well maybe a little bit but like it's, it's called it's called that because the it's it actually has a definition like a hero dose so huge huge there's three levels i guess you would say there's like microdosing right mm. there is your average shrooming which is for most people like between two and three grams most of the time like if you're gonna have a trip right mm. like mm. one gram probably well, it might do it for some people but anyways and then there's a hero dose and a hero dose is anything more than five and a half grams usually like for for the last two years i've i've never taken less than six and i've taken never more than 10 i gotta tell you 10 is pretty crazy but um that all sounds like a lot it all of it sounds way too much <laughs> but it's but it's uh it's hard to explain because it actually it it's an approach um it is a process the way that you do it the fact that like if you're if you go into like it, i wouldn't recommend you do that if you're not a person who approaches it like i do and the way mm. that i approach it is that the potency to me is falling deeper and deeper into heaven <laughs> like it's not falling deeper and deeper into paranoia or deeper and deeper into nervousness or anxiety or anything you, like that. Do you fall into heaven or rise up to heaven? Like, I just, I'm just curious. You become enveloped in heaven. <laughs> well, it comes know. for you. Uh, fair, fair enough. Like, I think that's like the more cartoony been, yeah. my surroundings look, the happier I am, the more gleeful I become, you know, like it's not, it's not something that I'm like afraid of because I always know what it is. So it's and, like the episode of the Simpsons where, uh, Homer, find your soulmate, Homer spices. Yeah. yeah. And Homer wasn't all freaked out. No, no, no. He woke up he, on a golf green, but... You know, he talked to Johnny Cash, it. who was, was a fox a for a little bit. <laughs> yes, he did. A coyote, sorry. A coyote, yeah. yeah. Find your Johnny name. Cash is a coyote. Yeah. Oh, Pretty great. So great. Yeah. I must have been... Uh, Conan O'Brien must have been the head writer in that. He must have been writing for them. That, that era was he did. so good. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been Michael Price, the guy that I had on. Hold on. Uh, what's that one called? Homer... Pepper episode writer written by John Keeler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't the guy, but um, my guy wrote the uh, Michael Price wrote the Simpsons movie. So um, he, he wrote the penis joke. Which one? Oh yeah. yeah the very yeah, beginning. Yeah. It's like perfect. That was a perfectly constructed joke. Cause you were just like, Oh, I see what they're doing here. I don't think and then you're like, they can't show it. They can't. And there, there it was. <laughs> so well. Is it because he's a cartoon? Is that why? No, it's because he's a fucking child. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. No, but what, what I mean is that, like, the way that they were allowed to show it, is that because it was a cartoon? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm okay. sure. So, I mean, there's it. a certain age where they probably can show your penis, and then you get to a certain age where it's not cool. For a while, and then it comes back around again. Once you, once nobody wants to look at it, that's when they'll put it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm 35, and it's wrinkly, and uh, there's no foreskin. Oh, we don't, we don't want to see that. We don't, we don't want to see that. It's just because pedophiles exist, right? That's really the reason. Because the rest of yeah. us saw that scene and we're like, haha, you know, like, yeah, like we're so weird about the human body. I think, like, I'm not 
you know advocating hustler be like on cereal boxes and shit like that but like you know we're 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 kind of puritanical in weird ways you know well yes we are but uh, when it comes to children i think we should protect them at all oh, costs oh for sure for children obviously but i'm just saying like like let's pivot away from children cuz clearly you know but um mm. but the idea like like you remember when um when i found out that the that the uk had like sunshine girls basically that were topless i was like I was Page like three. clutching my pearls. I was like Page ten three. probably, and I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> how can that be?" And um, now it feels silly, you know. Plus, we have well, a weird Samantha duality. Fox. That's oh, how she gave Nick fame was because she was a Page Three girl in the Sun. Oh, she's yep. so hot! I love Samantha. Yeah, Samantha Fox and Mitsu. Mm-mm-mm. Remember Mitsu? Touch me, touch me now. <laughs> Mitsu, bye bye, more cowboy. She did not sound like that at all, Paul. <laughs> no, but it's correct. Sounds, yeah. It does sound great when you say it, though, Paul. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I, I don't know how else to do it. I, it's like I can hit I know. Hold on a second. Let me just get my my little speaker and put it under my prostate while Paul talks. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Bye bye, more cowboy. No, that that's not the right key. I don't. I don't know. It's not gonna work. That'll just oh. stay. What are you doing? Are you eating, are you eating your sauce right now? No, I'm eating ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Yeah, I forgot you were eating ice cream. Yeah. Did you forget you're Italian? You should be eating gelato. You should eat a gelato because you're Italian. Actually, I avoided gelato for like so long because I thought it was fruit cake ice cream. The f- bro, like I can't I'm, eat I'm, ice cream. I- because I have, you know, I'm allergic to dairy, but oh. I can eat gelato, and I can't eat a lot of it, but I could have gelato from time to time, and it's you like... You can't have a lotto? Exactly. I can't have a lotto of gelato, but I can have some gelato, and it's very tasty, and it doesn't, you know, tear me up inside. No, Whereas well, ice cream just... Ugh. I didn't... So, so the accurate story is I didn't know until, like, 2003 that <laughs> gelato was just Italian ice cream. I literally thought it was ice cream... <laughs> That had bits of fruit in it. No, I, like, <laughs> I honestly, much better than that. <laughs> do, you, do you do you know how many times I've heard something similar to that from Italian? Like literally, yo, I'm Italian. I'm Italian. You eat gelato? I never do that. No, I don't need that shit. I don't need that shit. Now you don't do it, but what I'm yeah. saying is, I've, like a lot of guys I grew up with, be like, yo, I'm Italian. I'm like, oh, let's go for gelato. I don't need that shit. I don't know what that is. I'm like, I don't need all what? those. What? Oh, I don't need olives. They're disgusting. That fuck that. That's nasty. And there she is again, the girl in Paul's house. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I'm keep looking around. I'm like, there's no way that Rachel's behind me. I'm up against the wall. (laughs) No, that's that's not Rachel. That's Pedro. Yes, Pedro is there. And there's also there's a lady riding a tiger on a mini surfboard up there. Are you the tiger? I like that. I am not the tiger. Is that a representation of you? Is that how you broke Rachel? That's that's my lady. Um, you know, it's okay though, James. Like, I think like learning something like that later in life is, uh, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't know sun dried tomatoes existed until I was 20. That's well, and, and who doesn't love sun dried tomatoes? Aren't they like the they're they're awesome, right? But I, yeah. I don't, they're... I don't know how old I was when I discovered them and I went, oh my god, these are these are spectacular. How did well, they turn this into candy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm a I could very, eat a bag of them. <laughs> I'm a very picky sun-dried tomatoes guy. Like it had, 
Like, Paul, you actually probably remember this because I think I gave you your first delicious sun-dried tomato once. Probably. And they're from the St. Lawrence Market in the basement. The ones that were all in. Oh, no, no, ground floor. And they were the yeah. ones that were like you got with the tongs and they had like peppercorn and sp- and like herbs and lots of oil and shit. And they yeah. were tender and they didn't have any raisiny kind of flavor to it whatsoever. Like that shit you get in the jars is like chewing gum. Like it's like, you know, it's no good. You got to get the tender ones. The ones that you could literally just go oh, and tear it apart like it was nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are delicious. So I'm going to tell you something that I just learned yesterday that I didn't know. Like for 53 years, I didn't know. 52 and a half, I guess. Um, so giraffe, like giraffe. Do you say giraffes? Can you pluralize it? Anyway, it's giraffe. plural, yeah. giraffes, they are pollinators. They're fucking pollinators. Like these? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so shit falls out of their mouth, right? No, no, it's, oh. it's so much crazy. So much like it makes so much sense when Nose, I tell you this. Nostrils. Mm. So what it is is, uh, you know, they have the long neck, obviously, so mm. they reach the best, newest, tenderest leaves and flowers on mm. top of trees. So that's how they get such great nutrition is eating those things, but. Because they put their face into the tree, the tree just gets pollen all over their face, and they eat a bunch, and then they move to another uh, tree, and that pollen gets left there, and then they take some, it's like, but I I was pretty high last night when I was watching a nature (laughs) show, like, and and I thought to myself, I need to find a time to say this to somebody and find out (laughs) if everybody knew this, or no me that was amazed that like fucking... i thought only insects could do shit like that i had no, no, no idea uh, the hell of a so, bird I, i've seen giraffes in the wild in 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 africa like in in botswana and in zimbabwe and uh i i just learned this i did not know this before it makes wow. perfect sense but it, it, so when I went on safari the first time, my mom and dad, who'd lived in Africa for a few years at this point, were like, oh, it's going to be amazing. You're going to see all these animals. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I've seen this shit at the zoo. And then you see them in their habitat. I've seen and them it, sleeping already. Yeah, yeah. But you see them in their habitat where they're like, you're the visitor. And it's like, whoa, shit's really different. It hits, it hits different. You see giraffes and, and zebras and, and, and lions. And excuse me. Excuse Wait, wait, wait. Excuse me. What? What did you Giraffes call and zebras. Zebras? Zebra. Yeah, it's called a zebra. All right. I'm sorry. I've never heard that. See, we're all learning new things. I thought it was well, a zebra. Well, we don't life, have them, right so do, we don't get to say what their name is. Right? I didn't know. I did, I'm just saying. I didn't fucking know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to. All the time you thought it was zebra. Well, yeah, listen, well, it's like when I found out that a GIF is really a GIF. Does anyone yeah. call it a GIF? I don't know anyone that does. So I've always go called on with it the zebra GIF. story, Paul. <laughs> well, so wait, wait, wait. So it's zebra like Debra. Yeah, I saw a GIF about it yesterday. I know. It's fine. <laughs> no, no. Zebra, Debra. They rhyme. They it's not Debra. It's Debra. Right? Yeah, GIF. What if? They rhyme. Right? Okay, go ahead. If, Finish your story. I guess. I don't know. What's in that ice cream? <laughs> peanut butter 
It's hitting fast, whatever it it's, is. Um, I'm, I'm churning it so that it okay, goes. Okay, so listen, song. I want to get back. Gelatoish. I want to hear Paul's story because he hadn't so do I. told us what the thing was yet. So, so I was, I was in uh, visiting my folks in, in Botswana, and uh, we went on a game drive in, in Chobi, which is the northern part of Botswana, which borders on um, uh, Zambia uh, and, uh, and, and Zimbabwe. And uh, we did we did this thing down the Zambezi River where the hippos chased us, which was cool as shit. Oh, and yeah. then we spent a day in, uh, in um, uh, Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe. And it was one of those things like my folks are like, you got to see Victoria Falls. And I'm like, well, you know, I've seen Niagara Falls. Like, how can it be? And then you see it and you're like, okay, Whoa. so yeah it's like well i've seen zebras and i've seen i've seen zebras and i've seen giraffes and lions in the zoo and you know that's not a big thing and then you see them in their habitat and you go whoa and waterfalls yeah sure i've been to niagara falls that's cool as shit i loved it that's awesome but how 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 important how big is victoria falls and then you see it and you're like oh my dear god goodness gracious me this is this is something to experience and it's, it's one of those things where i've watched 8k 8k video on an 8k monitor with the work i do of of a flyover of of uh, victoria falls and i'm like as incredible as that is and i've watched it in vr and is it's unbelievably incredible i'm like still doesn't even come close to being there Nope. doesn't even come close to being there. And you stand there and you feel the spray and you look at it and you're like, Holy. Pure ozone too, eh? Oh, man. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. And, well, and have it, you been there, Paul? I haven't actually been there, no. But I have been to Africa and I did do a little bit of a safari. And yeah, it's like there's something about reality. <laughs> yeah there's like a there's a thing that you i mean i don't know whether it's the fact that no camera can do what your eyes can do like do you notice how when you watch a movie and they show someone far away and even if they do it snap that's like the zoom like you see somebody close up in focus it's like your eye can do that so fast you can't see it happening yeah there's like i don't know if it's like just the our ability to take in the reality on a level that a, that we're not able to reproduce, except in when you're there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had a friend describe it once as, as saying, um, "It's life in ultra high definition." Yeah. Your eyeball, your eye, if you know, if if you're able to see, because not everybody can, but if you're able to see, it's life in ultra high definition. So when you experience something like Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. It's just, it's breathtaking. It's life changing. It's life altering in ways that you have to experience it in real life to, to, to get it. And I realized that it's not cheap to do. <laughs> Weirdly enough though, if I decided uh, I'd like to spend a week in, in, you know, traveling about Northern Botswana and Zimbabwe, uh, I could do it for less money than it would cost me to fly to Yellowknife for a week. <laughs> Which yeah. is, you know, in Canada. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that's a that's a cool experience. I, I don't know if I've ever had like a moment where I've been somewhere where it was the beauty was I was so awestruck that it was life changing like that. But I've always thought that you know places like I don't know I've always wanted to go like Fiji or Hawaii. Mm. 
you know, places like that, like and see yeah. and sort of get that. I guess sort of Lake Louise or Banff or whatever has oh, yeah, spots yeah. that are like that. I I was the experience that I had when I was in BC in the Rockies was so traumatic for me that I like didn't have time to really soak it in. Like I had so many fucking like like in a, in a span of like <clears throat> two months. Okay, um, I I felt so we were going where they were cleaning uh rivers where so the 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 loggers would go in they would clear cut everything and they would take they would leave like i don't know 60 70 percent of what they cut behind and it would clog up Mm. the rivers that started from the snow caps right so some of these riverbeds were like 30 feet wide and there it was dry right Mm. like because it was like just like trickling amongst the brush and so our job was to clear all that and uh and recreate the river essentially so but some of this stuff was cut like i don't know years and years before we got there to clear it right like let's just say it was like seven years i don't know how long it was but enough time to grow like underbrush that was like eight feet high at certain Mm. points right and we'd walk along fallen trees with like (laughs) and it's me with like a big backpack with chainsaws and cork boots and i didn't like you have to kind of know how to use cork boots to your advantage or it will be a distinct disadvantage they're basically cleats right like and you're walking along logs and shit and a lot of these logs are wet so anyways i'm walking along a log one day and uh i lose my balance which isn't totally unheard of but i i did it a lot because i wasn't used to any of this shit right i was like a fish out of water it was fun and so i when i could tell that i was losing my balance you kind of sort of jump fall on purpose so that you can land on your feet but i'm landing on all this brush and i just go right and i'm like now like i don't know tits deep or something or like whatever at least (laughs) navel deep in in brush so i put down my chainsaw right which you're never supposed to do unless you put the fucking strap on a branch so it doesn't fall into the underbrush right and all that and uh i go to climb out and i can't climb out and i'm like what the fuck like i don't feel stuck and then I look down and there's a branch. It's like, I don't know, as thick as the bottom part of a baseball bat, right? Mm-hmm. That had gone through my pant leg above my knee and came out my pant leg beside my button. So so I was like you, clothes pinned, but like you, you didn't get stabbed to though. the one side. Oh, could have gone right in my prostate. It could yeah, have yeah, gone yeah, yeah. right in my butt. It could have <sighs> like totally ruined my entire life forever. Just this much, right? And that was like day three. You don't know if it would have ruined it because you haven't lived that experience, but definitely would have changed it. <laughs> That's right. That would have been a life-changing experience. You're, you're absolutely correct, <laughs> right? For the better or worse, we don't know. But, don't you know, know either that. way. We'll never know. <laughs> I was hanging off a root once <laughs> over the edge of what I thought was a cliff. So now I'm all, like, shell-shocked. And this is because the first thing happened on like day three. So like day five or some shit, right? Like I'm, I'm hanging, like we were supposed to climb down and I'm like, what the fuck? And I was up there for like 20 minutes trying to plot my way down because it was such a, I didn't realize, I thought it was straight, <clears throat> but it was just angly enough where like a guy literally, had to, this native guy, sorry, this indigenous person, I, I came up to the cliff and literally just like, you do it like this and he fucking slid down to the bottom and he's just like sliding like he, and i'm like what are you a fucking like superhero like I, like that was crazy well, yeah like that's yeah. a stunt like, I, I don't, so then i just ended up doing it but all i did was all i did was lie down 
like this. And I didn't try to like navigate it or whatever. And I still fell like head first into the river. Like I, I fucking like I, I landed and then like my momentum forward because of the weight that you have on oh fuck. I was you know in his head he's going like these dumb white people, stupid oh, white people. I was saying this dumb <laughs> white guy. Like I, I was, I was like, <laughs> I, like it would be like me taking like if that's all they knew, and then like me taking them to like Bloor and Lansdowne in like 1997. Oh yeah, Good luck. Yeah. See ya. You I'll get, pick you up on Sunday. <laughs> oh, it's bad. I there was a time where in BC where I like so I was staying in this house. Uh, when we weren't working and I was by myself, it was like a bungalow, but it was like right in Bella Coola. And uh, basically, I don't know what river it was. I got to go. Okay, bye. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is when a girlfriend tells a boyfriend what to do. Um, So <laughs> or a boyfriend preempts it. Um, or, or, she texted, he texted her saying. Save me. <laughs> that, that's also a possibility. That's also a possibility. Well, you I mean like you don't? I think that he made a bad choice to come on and to begin with. <laughs> like if you're on a date, he's still wearing his blazer. <laughs> you know? She's walking back and forth, sort of dropping hints just by her presence, walking back and forth. Like you can't, you know. Should have read the room. Um, but yeah, I I, I was gonna tell the story about how like so I was staying in this house and I and I walked to the riverbank, which was like kind of stupid in a way i guess in hindsight it was like 50 feet from the back door of the house yeah and uh i jumped off of this like little bank like four feet or something like that onto sort of like the these rocky slash sandy riverbed it was a big river and uh and i see footprints and they're they're small bear footprints and then right beside them are big bear footprints oh <laughs> and that's I'm the like, worst kind of bear uh, footprints to find are, Small yes. ones next to the big ones. Not a great pairing. It's not Chianti and Provolone, ladies and gentlemen. This is a different thing altogether, right? Yeah. It's and, a um, piece off kind of situation. Yeah. And it, but I look to my right, and when I look to my right, the mother, like the big man, I'd say like fifty feet away or something like that. So it wasn't really close. But I saw the mother's hind, uh, like disappear around the corner, and the baby bear like about to disappear, and then stop and go like this. And I just ran. <laughs> just fucking, I just ran back. I don't even know if anything chased me. I was just like, the baby bear looked. And all I remember is thinking is like, mama bears kill things that look at baby bears. Right? <laughs> I just ran. Yeah. If you look at it the wrong way. I had a bear experience this past summer, actually, uh, at, the, at my camp in northern Ontario. Um, I had never seen a bear there. The guy across the street, like, hunts them. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's fucking, there's tons of them. But I had never, ever seen one. And then this thing showed up one night. I heard some banging around outside. So I went to the window and I look out the door and it's like all four. It was a big black bear, like probably about six feet tall standing up. So it was really a big one. Wow. Black bears don't usually get like, yeah, that's grizzly sized black bear. It was really big and it climbed up on my picnic table that i have outside my outside of my uh cabin and it ate all of my um basil and like ate all the herbs those just sat and just ate them and i was just watching it like completely amazed and then it um went over to my red gas can that i just keep a little it's like a tiny one right bit a fucking hole in it and then 
just dropped it again and all the gas ran out. <laughs> so that, that thing's completely useless piece of plastic now. Um, and, and then it went from there. It's like it was on the asshole tour. So ate my herbs, poked a hole in my gas tank, and then went across the yard to where I had this great big tractor tire inner tube that my kids play on in the river and in the yeah. lake. And um, he just was bouncing on it, like like jumping <laughs> up and down on it. Really? And he poked a fucking hole in it. It was big old claws. Were you watching all of this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why didn't you? Did you try to like like? Did you try to like? What 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 were all the things you tried to scare it away, or did you just watch it? For I, did. I just watched it. I wasn't going to scare it away. I was yeah. interested to see it and just That's watch hilarious. it do its thing and. Um, yeah, no, I also didn't want to like draw attention to the fact that I was in, in, in my cabin, and like if it wanted to come inside, all it would do is go and then break open the windows, and there's plus like that, plus that habit that you have of slathering yourself in peanut butter, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a good chance I was probably high eating peanut butter <laughs> on the end of a chocolate bar or something. Like that. This is in this is in Manitoulin Island. Yeah, this is Manitoulin Island. Yeah. How long you? Um, your wife's family is from there, isn't she? Uh, they moved there. They're actually from like north of Thunder Bay, but they moved to the island when Rachel was just about to go into high school. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, so she lived there for her some of her teenage years, and then I think got the hell out as soon as possible. But then, as is often the case, you get drawn back to a place that you maybe didn't like because, like, you know, you move someone to a place like that she went to school on a reserve and then um there was there was um just no friend like she didn't have friends right like she didn't know people there because they moved there just as she was going in so it's it must have been that's her loss yeah no well she made friends because she's charming as fuck so she just made she made lots of friends really quickly and one of them we're really close friends with still today and they live up on the island so what is it like? Like I've always kind of wanted to know. It's so funny because I always sort of see people, people that I've met there, and I've known only a couple of people that, um, like, that were friends that were from there. Or at least I think they were from there, or maybe they just lived there for a while. I don't know. But um, the culture there seems really interesting. There's there's a big deference towards the indigenous communities there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like a lot of the island is reserved land, and it's the where it's where Wikwemakong is, and. Uh, our friend married a woman that was born and raised in Wikwemakong. And that that's the largest unceded territory that exists, I think, in Canada. Really? It's, it's massive. That that reserve is enormous. Um, and we, we got some friends who live there, some Aboriginal friends that live there. And so we spend a bit of time there. It's gorgeous. That, that island is really something special because it's... Yeah. It's big and, you know, you can live in a small town or you can live out in the country or like we just live on a dirt road Yeah, when we're there. I live but, on a dirt road. It's nice, eh? Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it quite a bit. I mean, I like I like the city, the city where I live here in Hamilton, but I also really like the nothingness that's up there. You know, like I'll <clears throat> when I used to live in Toronto and go there, I remember how on my first day back, because I would go for all of July and August, and we just lived there for the summer. And then my first fucking day at Union Station, in seven minutes, I saw more people by tenfold than I saw for the entire summer. 
<laughs> it's like so crazy. It's like <laughs> Brooks, yes. like how Brooks and Shawshank got institutionalized, but it's like the good version. You know, you're like naturized or something, right? Yeah. <clears throat> when I when I go back to Toronto, I feel like I'm in uh, like a dystopian movie. Like the the ads, uh, like what? when you go from like seeing the same. And I made this joke before, so. Don't send me mail. But like when you go from seeing one rusty billboard a day for fucking years to then going and finding yourself for some stupid reason in Dundas Square and just doing a 360, it's just like yeah, it's, it's baffling. Yeah. It's baffling. And that, and that one billboard you've been looking at, it's been for a septic system for, for a septic com- company forever. <laughs> Right, <laughs> or Pepsi. it's like some VHS video shop that has been defunct for a decade. You know, like it's, you know, there's actually where I live. It's there's this bill, the billboard that I'm thinking of when I say that is something for the couples resort, <laughs> and the oh. couples resort billboard is like this faded, sunwashed, like limestone statue of like. I don't know, some Victorian something. <laughs> no idea what it is. What the hell's a couples resort? Like, is that some kind of a thing where you go for like mixing, so, mixing business like, up or what? Like, is it sounds like a nightmare. It's be honest it, it doesn't you. sound like a good time. Wow, let's go. Hey, honey, let's go somewhere else where there's a whole bunch of people that say, "Hey, honey." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly. know. <laughs> Sometimes where, it can be fun. Sometimes I do like going to like a all inclusive resort and just hanging out. That's a little different. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever had a good vacation with a girlfriend ever. Like, uh, or a really? wife. Yeah. It's just like, I'm one of those like uh, annoying people that when I go, like, except for Mexico, every time I've been to Latin America, I've gotten sick. Oh, well, sometimes that happens. You yeah. To- I'm talking like bedridden for like four oh. days in, in oh, like, that's Costa cool. Rica. Costa Rica, I'm pretty sure I got sulfur poisoning in Costa Rica because I spent like three hours in their hot springs. I yeah, I haven't, like, yeah. I, I haven't had that experience. I did I did shoot a commercial in Mexico City once, and when I came home, I had something. I don't even know what you'd call it. <laughs> I, and I also, actually, that they, now that you mention it, when I start to think about it, I went to Panama a few years ago to see a harpy eagle. And for very many that, other words, but is that like uh, is that like a, a Don Henley's wife? <laughs> <laughs> a harpy? Eagle? I don't I don't know Thanks. her personally, um, but <laughs> she could be a harpy. Uh, and uh, I came back with something again. The doctors at McMaster couldn't ever diagnose what i had you know it's like really weird when sometimes the doctor will just say well you know sometimes there's bugs and shit <laughs> sometimes you get a bug they just That's like the doctor's way of saying i have what? no fucking idea what you got yourself into kid you know? i'll tell you what though one night i my fever was cortisone so cream yeah i couldn't wear glass my glasses because they would fog up from the heat coming off my face that i was had such a bad fever oh, wow <laughs> it was not... yeah but uh, yes, Jen, harpy eagles are awesome. And I actually found uh, monkey a monkey, uh, what do you call it? A monkey spine in the dirt at the base of the tree where oh. the nest was. Because they, they're that big. They eat monkeys. Like Jesus. I'd be willing to bet they've eaten they eat good. in history. Are they like the big osprey versions? Is that what they are? Like, well, like they're... They're... 
Because there's the one kind that that will knock goats off the sides of mountains. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a different one. That's a different kind of eagle. Yeah, it's um, an osprey of sorts. I think. I think they call it like yeah. This this the width of my like that's how big a harpy eagle's leg is. It's as thick as my forearm. Holy fuck! That's how big the fucking thing is. Like mass talons like a wolverine. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks yeah. like a you know like a um like a bunch of. Well, you know, like Freddy Krueger. She's got Freddy yeah. Krueger hands. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like Lee, those, the Lee Presson salon nails. I wonder if that... <laughs> I've seen girls like that in South Beach, actually, with, like, talon yeah. fingernails. You ever seen that? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's, People like, weird. It's very difficult to do stuff. Like Just regular. Like, boyfriend regular. must be like, you're doing that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's what kind of show we were on. Um, <laughs> oh, there is no definition of the show. I just and we usually especially on casual Friday. Yeah, ten thirty rolls around. And I, I I start to fade. <laughs> I yeah, to I'm, I'm going to be fading soon too. Well, I... let's end it early then. There there was other people early. that might have came, but I don't think they're going to come at this point. So um so we'll just like you know do our thing. But it was awesome seeing you again because uh, yeah yeah I don't think I've seen you in the I don't remember the last time I saw you in the flesh, dude. I really don't. I have I have no. <laughs> really really long i you, i wouldn't be able to put a date on that you were either. living that in your place near Ronsi. yeah like and, that parkdale neighborhood there yeah it was probably like at least a decade ago I would say. yeah at, at least at least yeah. but uh yeah i'm Jenna, not gonna make any promises i might never see you again buddy <laughs> <laughs> that is very possible i mean we live pretty fucking far apart right now and it's yeah, not like do. i'm heading in i don't i try not to get on the other side of toronto because then you have to go past toronto and i don't like doing that <laughs> the general idea of point a to point b is that you pass the shit in the middle <laughs> yeah i know but when that's the thing in the middle it's not oh i know i see what you mean yeah yeah because yeah. you can't go the only way to go around it is if you head up like where like uh Sobble beach and stuff like that is yeah you know i mean i could i suppose if you pick like a tuesday at i don't know you know like <laughs> 3 a.m. 11, 11, <laughs> no, 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 I sleep at night now. I'm too old. I sleep at night yeah. at 11.20 in the morning or something, you know, and I could spend the $100 it takes to get from one end of the 407 to the other by 35. You must be, you're in, where are you, in Halliburton or something like that? No, I'm up like, I'm like 40, uh, like that, like a half an hour east of the eastern gates of Algonquin. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. I didn't yeah. know you were that far. Yeah, yeah, pretty far. Wow. I'm like four hours away from Toronto, roughly. Yeah. So, me too, uh, if I go at rush yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, like there's Petawawa, Pembroke, and Renfrew. They're all 45 minutes away from Killaloo. Killaloo's like kind of in the middle of all that. So, And oh. Bancroft is another one that's about 45 minutes away. So, Oh, yeah. Well, like, I, get, I get almost near you. Well, I get near Bancroft. Yeah. When I uh, go visit my parents, because I do take that 407 out to 35 uh, and up to seven and across to Ottawa. Okay. Well, listen. Um, maybe one day. You know what? Maybe Toronto will be our meeting point one day because I'm I'm going to be spending more time there over the next uh, year or so. So I'm going to yeah. be uh, yeah, we'll be in the in the, neck of the woods. Either way, it was good seeing you tonight. Um, tell Rachel I say hi and just give her a little smack on the butt for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do. I don't smack Rachel on the butt. Really? Well, sometimes. <laughs> okay. yeah. 
Just pretend next time. <laughs> Paul Riss, yeah. thank you very much for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was All great. Right, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. My ex-brother-in-law, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Riss. He's dope. Um, I like having him on. It's uh, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of my friends for a lot of years. It's kind of something I should probably remedy now. But either way, that was a good show. Um, <clears throat> sorry to Paul that he got uh, he got called away by his uh, by his girlfriend. Um, you know, that's the price of ingratiating yourself towards women. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a joke, everybody. We have Max Bernier on on the Jan- uh, June sixth. I just realized, and uh, I don't want to bookend the uh, the show with abortion, but maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk about that again. Um, I didn't say anything wrong, but I'm not going to talk about that again. But Max Bernier will be on. I have uh, on the thirty first. I have Linwood Barkley. He sold. He just released another book that is a bestseller. Dude has sold like twenty million books, or something like that. He's uh, probably Canada's, right now, I would say he's like top three for Canada's most successful writers, like our exports or whatever. Um, Linwood Barkley would just definitely be one of them, mystery writer. Check him out if you haven't. Uh, if you're a fan, you've read all of his shit because he's dope. And um, yeah, we'll have some people in between. Uh, Plymouth Brethren stuff. David Wallace is going to be launching his show called The Fix soon. Really busy time at Cryer. Uh, I'm going to be traveling again um, in a little while. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to interview the uh, CEO of Harley-Davidson because they're having an anniversary event next month. So there's lots of stuff. There's lots of things happening. Uh, this is where Cryer is about to uh, show you what all this work and all these like you know cryptic announcements that we were making over the last year. A lot of this stuff is... Uh, is happening right now so this is a good time to be listening and i appreciate that you do and we'll see you next time on black ball Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.